Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. If time permits me, um, time doesn't permit me, so let me get into the Word. This morning we are talking about the su- on the subject of the kingdom of God and the part that we play in it. The kingdom of God and the part that we play. And that's a very powerful topic to explore this morning. Why? Because there are many, many sides to this topic. And many, many things that we can bring out of this powerful topic, particularly on the subject of the kingdom of God. And what we are going to be doing this morning is really to start out with an introduction of this subject. Why? Because this is one of the subjects in the scriptures where I truly believe we have one of the most controversies. What is the kingdom of God? You can be born again for at least three months without the end, the subject or the word, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And so there are many deliberations, many thoughts, many ideas, many doctrines built around this subject, which is a critical part of our Christian faith. And that's why as a church this morning across all the new churches, We feel compelled to explore the subject so that every one of us can understand and comprehend what the Lord is saying, particularly when this subject matter was made manifest in the scripture, the subject of the kingdom of God. But number two is not only for us to be able to explore the subject of the kingdom of God by head knowledge and knowing what it's about. The most important factor out of all of this is what role you and I play. Um, in this kingdom of God. So by way of introduction, let's start out by defining what the word kingdom means. What is the word kingdom? What does it mean? The word kingdom means a country, a territory, a state ruled by a king. A country, a territory, or a state ruled by a king. Now, if you read through the scriptures, you would realize that God moved through the earth with different people. In fact, one of the first things that you see in the book of Exodus, Genesis, pardon me, is that God moved and permeated into the earth, through the earth, through families. The second thing you will see is that God moved through the earth through individual family there spoke about Abraham and Sarah. Individual, you will see the man Noah. God moved through the earth through an individual. Then again, you will see how God moved through the earth through nations. Glory to God. The nation of Israel. Nations that were collaborating even to the prosperity of Israel unknown to them. God moving through the nation of Babylon to do the things that he wanted to do on the earth. And then finally, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, Hebrews 1 verse 1, God who has hundred times in diverse manner spoken to us by the prophet, but in this last day, scripture says, he speaks to us by his own son. Now, if the son is speaking to us, it means that the son is the subject matter of the New Testament and the Old Testament. In other words, every single thing that we see in the New Testament, Old Testament, was pointing exactly to one person, which is Jesus, in the the New Testament. We say this way that the the Old Testament is Jesus concealed, the New Testament is Jesus revealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed, and so it means that every single thing which we, we teach as Christians, that the New Testament is the foundation of our Christian faith. That's why when you get born again, 
the first thing we would advise you to do is to go and study the New Testament first and then you go back into the Old Testament. So the New Testament is Jesus revealed even though it was concealed in the Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, we started to see for the very first time the subject of the kingdom of God. In fact, in terms of being specific about the, the word, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, we saw it in full manifestation in the New Testament. And not only that, there were two personalities in the scriptures who eroded that subject so much about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven like no other person did and that was John the Baptist and Jesus himself. It seems as though they brought in a new vocabulary. It seems as though they brought in a new government. It seems as though they brought in a new establishment about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. In fact, if you read the scriptures which we're going to do in a moment, you realize how the disciples actually asked Jesus about the kingdom of God. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, when they told Jesus to teach them how to pray, this was what he said to them first. When he was praying our Lord's prayer, he says, Thy will be done on earth as it is, as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. So Jesus started to talk about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. But we cannot understand the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God in isolation without looking into the Old Testament to see where this kingdom matter came out in the first place. And that's why we have to go back to the Old Testament. We're going to look through the Old Testament, scan through the Old Testament, and then we're going to be able to pinpoint what God was saying concealed in the Old Testament and now revealed by His Son Jesus in the New Testament. Glory to God. So let's go with me to the book of Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44. Now in the book of Daniel, this was the king Nebuchadnezzar having a dream. And then he had called all the astrologers, all the, uh, the wise men, and he had told them that I had a dream. And I want the interpretation of the dream. And the way this is going to happen is that I don't want you to... No. He said to them that I don't want to, I'm not going to tell you the interpretation of the dream. I'm not going to tell you what the dream is. I want you to be able to tell me what the dream is and also to be able to interpret the dream to me. And so he said to them, anyone who is not able to do that, we are going to kill them, including Daniel and, his, and, the, and the Hebrew boys as well. And so in Daniel chapter 2, the Bible then spoke about this kingdom. And I want us to show us for the very first time where this kingdom was featured in a prophecy by a pagan king interpreted by Daniel. In Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44, it says, And in the days of this king, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. Now, before, let me read this first. And in the days of this king, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all this kingdom and it shall stand forever. Verse 45. It says, Inasmuch as you saw this, saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that its bronze, and that it broke its pieces, the irons, the bronze, the clay, the silver, the gold, and the great God, had made known to the king that which will come to pass after this. The dream is certain and the interpretation is sure. Go to the next verse, verse 46. All right. Give me that picture, so I'm going to use it because it's a long text and I didn't want us to read it because of time. So I'm going to just use this picture to explain it to us. Now, this was the dream that the king had. That's why if you read Daniel chapter 3, you will see that what Nebuchadnezzar did was now to create a prototype of this kingdom. So he had a dream and in this dream he saw all of these things, the Babylonian system, which interpretation of it is the Babylonian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, the Roman Empire, and the divided kingdom. I mean, Bible scholars talk about the divided kingdom being the United States of America, the United Nations, and all of those things. If you go back home, please, I want you to go study it, Daniel chapter, three, chapter 2, all the way down. And so what the interpretation of the dream that he had, that he saw a stone, and a stone was cut off, and that stone came and hit the last leg 
and all of this thing wrecked into fall. And what happened was that stone became a kingdom that outlived every other kingdom forever. That was what he was explaining to the, to the king there. And this is why, like I said earlier, the king Nebuchadnezzar, because he wanted his Babylonian kingdom to reign forever, which was the gold one, the Babylonian empire. Remember, in Daniel chapter 3, he then created a statue and told everybody to come and bow before the statue. A golden statue asked everybody to come and bow before that golden statue. But then the prophecy had already been gone, already gone ahead that a stone was going to come. And when that stone comes, that stone will destroy every other kingdom that exists. Now, if you know this, you will realize that all of these kingdoms have been destroyed so far until this last leg. Are you following what I'm saying here? Are you together with me? There was a time the Roman Empire was the strongest. There was a time the Babylonian Empire was the strongest. Don't let me crack joke here. There was a time the Nigerian Empire was the strongest. <laughs> Amen. Now, so this stone... What does this stone represent? Who is this stone? If you read verse 40, 44 that we read there, you see the stone highlighted in that scripture. That a stone was going to be cut off, and when that stone comes, it's going to destroy these empires. Who is this stone? The Bible says in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 6, remember what the prophecy said? It said this stone will come, hit the leg of the thing, everything will break off, and this stone's kingdom will last forever and ever and ever. So it was talking about this stone being a kingdom. This stone, a representation of a kingdom. Glory to God. Are you following me? Are you sure? Now, in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 6, it says, Therefore it is also contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect precious, and he who believes on him will no means be put to shame Matthew chapter 21 and verse 42 Matthew 21 and verse 42 and Jesus said to them have you never read in the scripture the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone this was the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our sight so that stone that the, the, the prophet Daniel was prophesying about that was going to come was Jesus are you following what I'm saying and it was prophesying to say that this stone is coming with a kingdom and that kingdom would make north every other kingdom that currently exists that kingdom would be established forever and ever and ever glory be to God this is why they explains to us that when Jesus came in Matthew chapter 1 Matthew chapter 2 all the way down to the four Gospels every time you will see one statement Jesus would always make the kingdom of heaven is at hand he started to talk about his representation in other words when Jesus came he came in a representation of a kingdom are you following what I'm saying if you open with me again to the book of Matthew Daniel pardon me let's go to Daniel chapter 2 and verse 43 44 let's start from verse 44 Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44. 34, pardon me. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 34. Look at this. It says, You watched while a stone was cut out without hands. We struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Next verse. Verse 35. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, the gold were crushed together and became like shafts from the summer threshing floor the winds carried them away so that no trace of them was found and the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth did you see that now in the book of Machai chapter 4 verse 1 shows us this stone go to Machai chapter 4 verse 1 quickly please it says this stone will fill the whole earth. It says it will become like a mountain and it will fill the whole earth. It says now it came to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above all the hills and the people shall flow into it. Next verse, verse 2. And many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his path. For out of Zion shall prove that go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Did you see that? So it's made established to us that this stone is Christ. 
and this stone when this stone shows up this stone is a representation of the kingdom of God are you following what I'm saying that's why the Bible says it this way the rejected stone has become the chief cornerstone in other words give me that image back quickly please okay in other words all of this here is a representation of a strong power system but this prophecy was saying that when this stone comes even though it's a rejected stone never considered to become anything that stone will become the most important stone that will fill the whole earth glory be to God that's why in the book of Mark chapter 1 and verse 4 Mark chapter 1 and verse 4 Jesus speaking here Mark 1 verse 4 Mark chapter 1 John no 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 Matthew pardon me Matthew Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17 Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17 Okay And from the time Jesus began to preach and to say Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand Repent There are at least five times in the scriptures From Matthew all the way down to the book of John That you will see Jesus come out and say Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand Therefore Jesus started to use the lingua he started to use the vocabulary of the kingdom the kingdom of heaven is at hand remember John the Baptist as well said the same thing the kingdom of heaven is at hand so John the Baptist and Jesus started to use the vocabulary of the kingdom why because the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is now at hand now in the book of Luke chapter 17 now follow me closely here in the book of Luke chapter 17 and verse 20 something interesting happened there Luke 17 20 now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come he answered them and said the kingdom of God does not come with observation hmm. nor will it say see there or see there for indeed the kingdom of God is within you what what do you mean by the kingdom of God is within us? Give it to me in the TPT version. What I'm trying to do this morning is to lay a foundation of this subject of the kingdom so that we understand it very well and we know how to appropriate this subject of the kingdom. This is one subject we have heard the most in the body of Christ. Oh, many people talk about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. In fact, let me say this here. No, 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 let me go there. Let's read this together, everybody, the TPT version. One, two, three, go. No, it can be louder than this. One, two, three, go. It says the kingdom of God is not discovered in one place or another. For God's kingdom realm is already expanding within you. Within you. In other words, when Jesus showed up, all that the kingdom represents has showed up and that kingdom is not external listen to this that kingdom is not something we are going to meet that kingdom is something we already embody are you following what i'm saying it says the kingdom of god is within you now let's explain further what that kingdom means or what this kingdom can do let's give an example to this If you go to, if you come to Nigeria, you want to, go to get, you want to get married in Nigeria, you go to um, the east to get married. There is an oppression of that kingdom, which means that you have to look, the bride has to look for the husband as though he's lost. But you already know where the husband is. So you don't be carrying the palm wine and do like this. You don't do like this. You, your husband is here. You first go like this. Stop wasting our time. Just, you know your husband. There's an oppression of that kingdom there. Now, you take somebody from Yugoslavia, comes for that meeting or that wedding, is confused. 
is thinking, what is going on here? You know why? Because every kingdom comes with three things. Value, belief, and dressing. Every kingdom. How did we start wearing ties and suits? This is not a Nigerian style. We got this from the white. We got this from, from, from the UK, from the British government. Why? Because by colonization, any country that colonizes you gives you the culture of that organization, of that, of that country, pardon me. We're colonized by Nigeria, by, by, London, by Britain. That's why we drink coffee. Amen. That's why we wear tie. Amen. Now we are not green anymore. We want to wear... I was interviewing someone in my organization on, last week and he came for an interview, for the interview with Native. And something in my mind was just like, ah, it's wrong now. But in my mind, I was thinking to myself, wait, but we are it should be okay. But because of colonization. So every kingdom comes with its own colonization. Are you following what I'm saying? In other words, when Jesus came, he came also with his own colonization. So when Jesus was saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he wasn't only talking about a place. He wasn't talking about everyone where you are going to go and spend the rest of your life in. He was talking about a culture is now at hand here. A way of thinking is now at hand here. A belief system is now at hand here. And that belief system would outlive every other belief system. Not the Persian kingdom, not the Babylonian kingdom, not the Greece kingdom. Every other system, this kingdom would outlive every of them. In other words, Jesus now had the responsibility to start teaching us the kingdom culture or what we call the kingdom codes of the kingdom that he represents and is coming from. Are you following what I'm saying? So what is this kingdom that we represent? Since Jesus has already said to us that the kingdom of heaven is already within us, what then is within us? What are the cultures of this kingdom that we have? Glory be to God. The Bible puts it this way in John chapter 18 and verse 36. It says, my kingdom is not of this world. John 18 and verse 36. It says, and Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servant would fight so that I would not be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom is not from here. So if the kingdom is not from here, what then is this kingdom about? Can we unravel this morning, this, the, the realities, the spiritual and sp the physical spiritual realities of this kingdom that we represent? So that we are not just hyper about the kingdom of God. We are the kingdom of people. God, we are going to you know, cast out the kingdom of darkness it's against the kingdom of light. What is in that kingdom? Glory to God. What is in that kingdom that would outlive every other kingdom? Glory be to God. Let me tell you this. If you are a British citizen, you were born in the, in, in the UK, and you have a British passport, if your father and your mother refuse to ever show you the passport, you will be in Nigeria. You would have a Nigerian passport. There will be problem you have to leave Nigeria to go and attend to something and you'll still be trying to queue for visa. You know why? Because something was taken from you and you are not aware of what you have. So you'll be struggling like every other person even though from the foundation of the earth before they conceived you, that past, the moment they gave birth to you there, that passport was waiting for you. From the foundation of the earth, it was already yours but you didn't know. So this is why Jesus came and started to show his disciples what this kingdom is about. Glory to God. Turn my Bible with me to the book of Matthew chapter 12 and verse 28. <laughs> Matthew 12 and verse 28. It says, I cast out demons by the Spirit of God. Then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Marabakaya. It says, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He was talking about that this kingdom is a kingdom of power. Oh, somebody's following me here. It says, the moment you start seeing me cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come. It means higher authorities are subjected to my name. Luke chapter 9. And verse 2. 
Luke chapter 9 and verse 2. It sent them to preach the gospel of the kingdom and to do what? To heal the sick. It sent them to heal, to preach the gospel of the kingdom and to heal the sick. So in other words, it was saying that this kingdom comes with manifestation and this kingdom is a kingdom of power. Now hear this. The Bible says, through the greatness of thy power shall thy enemies subdue themselves of thy faith. In other words, the enemy remains at command until power shows up. So what Jesus was saying to us is that this kingdom that is within you is the kingdom of power that is within you. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 20 puts it this way. The kingdom of God does not consist in words. But it says with power. With power. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20. It says for the kingdom of God is not in words but with power. Now you see what the Bible says, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. Somebody shout power. Look at this. When you say the kingdom of God is within you, what we are saying in other words is that you have the power attributed to the kingdom that you belong in or belong to. Think about this. The ambassador of Nigeria in, in, in Britain or Saudi Arabia that ambassador is doing chop life. Just be sent there, stand on behalf of the kingdom that you are representing, speak on their behalf, stay connected to the kingdom that you are belonging to, that you belong to. Everything you get, your reward, your feeding, everything comes from the kingdom that I've sent you there. Are you following what I'm saying? Why you are backed up by the power of the that's why you cannot go to American embassy in Nigeria and there are certain things you cannot do there. The moment you get close to the gate of the American embassy, are you aware that the American embassy is the property of America in Nigeria? It's like America in Nigeria. Glory to God. So if you have never been to an America before, just go to the embassy, stand there, say, I've been to America and come back. Amen. It tells you how powerful you are. This was what Jesus started to model with his disciples about this kingdom that this kingdom is a kingdom of power remember the prophecy Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44 it says what would happen is that this stone will come destroy every other stones every other um, system I was talking about this kingdom that represents the kingdom of power glory to God now how do you experience this kingdom John chapter 3 and verse 3. How do you experience this kingdom? Is somebody following me this morning? Are you understanding this? It says, how do you experience this kingdom? And Jesus answered and said to him, Most sure, surely I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, once you are born again, you can experience the kingdom of God. Give it to me in the TPT version. Give it to me in the TPT version. Let's read this together, everybody. One, two, three, go. They must first experience a rebirth. How many of you are born again here? I, I think you should be proud. The Bible says, let the redeemer of the Lord say so. How many of you are born again yet? I hope you are aware that that's the best gift God can ever give a man. It's not cars, it's not money, it's not all those things. It's to share the same life as he has it. If you are born again yet, shout for joy. Now guess what? It means that if you are born again, you can experience everything that they are experiencing in heaven now you understand why Jesus taught his disciples to pray the first thing he said to them was thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven so the kingdom of God the moment you are born again let me tell you what they give to you it's like when we have first timers in this church we give them a package yes or yes to introduce them reintegrate them and welcome them 
to this church, you get a package. You didn't have to do anything for it. You didn't have to buy, for it, buy it. All you had to do was to attend service and raise your hands as a first timer. The moment you did that, you were qualified for the package. Yes or yes. You only had to show up. That's the same way it is about being born again. You only had to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The moment you accepted him as a Lord and Savior, guess what? The kingdom of God is now within you and that kingdom is a kingdom of power. That power is now within you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Did you get that? Hallelujah. Somebody shout, I'm in the kingdom of power. Oh, I can hear you say, I'm in the kingdom of power. This power is bigger than the power of the whole government of the nation. It's the power of the Godhead. It's the kingdom of our Lord Jesus. Hallelujah! Look at what Jesus said further in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 11. It says, before I tell you the truth, throughout history, there has never been a man who surpasses John the baptizer. I'm reading the TPT. He said, yet, the least of those who now experience heaven's kingdom would become even greater than he. What was he saying? He was saying that even John the Baptist did not taste salvation. He said the kingdom, this is what the Bible calls better promises. Somebody say, I'm in a better kingdom. Hallelujah. Now then, Jesus then went further to start to break down the ideologies and the thought pattern about this kingdom. What I'm trying to do this morning is to not, because you see, I, and I'm going to say that. I've heard certain things. Oh, you know, the kingdom of God is this against this, da, 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 da. We are all in one kingdom. If you are born again, we are all in one kingdom. And that's the kingdom of God. Don't, be, don't let this thing complicate your life. Glory to God. So Jesus started to liken the kingdom of God with things so that he can explain it to the people. Open your Bible with me to the book of Luke chapter 13 and verse 18. Wow! I feel such a presence. Thank you, Lord. While I was praying last night, please listen to me. Turn the keys for me. While I was praying last night, the Lord told me that and please pardon me if I say it this way, everyone who believes this word, just receive it. The Lord told me that there are three people under the sound of my voice. Three. They said that while you were ministering, they would get back home and I would open their eyes to see what they need to do next. Listen to me. And it said that I would move that seed into a mighty sacrifice. And the Lord God of heaven said to me that it's going to happen between the next three and six months. It says, by the revelation of who they are in this kingdom. It says, those who have mocked them, those who have looked at them and said there is nothing good coming out of your life, they would realize that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It said that kingdom would be made manifest to them says as you hear the word as they begin to hear the word it says and so mightily will grow this word on their inside and it will begin to prevail in the name of Jesus do you believe what I just said thank you Lord Luke chapter 13 and verse 18 and then it said what is the kingdom of God like let's give, give it to me in the TPT version let's read this TPT together now I'm going um, into the next set of things I want to share about this kingdom. So we've established number one, the head of this kingdom. Who is the head of this kingdom? Come on, talk to me. Who is the head of this kingdom? I can hear you. Who is the head of this kingdom? Are you a part of this kingdom? What did the head of this kingdom come to give to us? Oh, that's, you, you got it correct. What did he come to give to us? Do you have that power? Thank you, Lord. Now, Jesus started to liken the kingdom with several other things. And Jesus taught them in the parables, how can I describe God's kingdom? Verse 19. And let's read together. One, two, ready, read everybody. 
that one plants in a garden, when it grows, it becomes a huge tree. Next verse. How can I describe God's kingdom? Next verse. follow me to where I'm going to. Let's keep going. All right, let's stop there. Open again to Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. Matthew 13 verse 44. Matthew 13 and verse 44. Not 24. 44. Let's read together. Everybody, one, two, ready, go. overjoyed, sold all that he possessed to buy the entire field just so he could have the treasure. (laughs) Next verse. Keep going. Verse 46. When he discovered one Next verse. Okay, let's stop there. Now, in these two scriptures, I told you I don't change that. Thing. Wait, we, we had a code now. Is it like this? Look at this. Jesus used two scriptures to explain the kingdom. He says, what would I liken the kingdom of God to be like? The first one that we read in the book of Luke was explaining how the kingdom of heaven is like a seed that is planted and becomes a mighty. In other words, everything that you get in this kingdom will start out as a seed first. Oh, you missed what I said there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? It means everything that you get in this kingdom is likened unto a seed. Then the next thing he said, in Matthew that we read, is that the kingdom of heaven is like one who found a treasure, sold everything that he had to do what? To buy the field. It means that nothing else matters. Walking away of everything from everything just to have that kingdom, that treasure. Why? Because that treasure is more important than every other thing. This is to explain to us what we have when we say we have the life of God. This is the treasure that we have. When you get born again, that is the treasure that you've bought like a field. Are you following what I'm saying? Two things. Number one, the seed of the kingdom given to you small. And though he tarry, the scripture says, wait for it. Number two, you have the most powerful thing bought up as a treasure when you're born again. Glory to God. Now then, what is your role in this kingdom as I begin to wrap up for this first series? What is your role in this kingdom? My beloved is the most beautiful amongst thousands and thousands. My beloved is the most beautiful amongst thousands and thousands and my beloved is the amongst thousands and thousands and my beloved Lift your hands. Yeshua, Yeshua. 
예수와 The kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever, and yours, yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever, and yours is the kingdom. And yours is the kingdom, yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory for What is this kingdom? What is this kingdom? And now Jesus died, is going to be with the Lord. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. It says that same authority I give to you. In other words, we are now the owners, the ones with the title deeds to legislate this kingdom. Are you following what I'm saying? What then do we do with this title deeds to legislate this kingdom in, in, on the earth so that our Father in heaven is so proud that those people he gave to legislate this kingdom are truly doing what he has given them to do? What is our role in this? So that we are not just excited about the possibilities of the kingdom, but we know what our role are in this mighty kingdom that we belong to. We belong to the kingdom of power. We belong to the kingdom of greatness. Are you following what I'm saying? We belong to the kingdom of favor. We belong to the kingdom of might. I love the way it's written in the book of Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 14, pardon me, at verse 17. It says, for the, it says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. 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 In other words, if you are in anything and there is no righteousness, there is no peace, and there is no joy, sir, you are not in the kingdom of God. If you are in a church and they are teaching anything excluding this, righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Sir, you are in the kingdom of darkness. It says the kingdom of God is righteousness, is peace and joy. In other words, when you come into that kingdom, what you find there is like a big mighty room. Are you following what I'm saying? With reservoirs of goodness. You open one door, it's peace. You open another door, it's righteousness. You open another door. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Are you seeing why the Bible was very clear about it that it did not start out with peace. It did not start out with joy. It actually started out with righteousness because righteousness is the first point wherewith we obtain every other thing in this kingdom. Are you hear what I'm saying? It's the kingdom of righteousness. In other words, God sees you the way he sees Jesus. The kingdom of righteousness. That's what the Bible says. Therefore, we can now come boldly to the throne of grace whereby we can obtain Woo! obtain mercy the kingdom of righteousness so when Jesus came the first thing he was around in is the kingdom of heaven is at heart the kingdom of heaven is at heart the kingdom of heaven is at heart what is this kingdom is righteousness I'm righteous Woo! <laughs> God sees me the way he sees Christ yes 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 God sees me the way he sees Christ righteousness is this kingdom then it goes further to say peace. Then the last one, it says joy. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Oh, I love that song, that old song. It says righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. 
Don't you wanna be a You remember the song? Don't you wanna be a part of the kingdom? Come on. What is the first standpoint of this kingdom? I'm righteous before God. Ah! Romans 8 1. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation. There is therefore now. Now. Not before. Not tomorrow. Now. 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 Listen, when you understand this gospel of righteousness, all your past weights, all your past sins would not have any chance to what is possible in your life. There are people under the sound of my voice, your seed that ought to grow in a sequoia, the thing that is stopping it is what you did. The abortion you did five years ago that is stopping it, whereby you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When you know that, you know that nothing can stop me, nothing can limit me. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Because it's first in this kingdom is the kingdom of righteousness. It's not the kingdom that is taught, teaching us what we need to do first. It's what he did for us first. Glory to God. So God is not sending us out to go and cast out devils. That's why when he sent his disciples, they came back to him and said, What? We casted out demons in your name. He laughed and said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning. It means we've done what you are just doing. You know why they can do that? With the boldness of who they are. You see why Apostle Peter, when he cast, when he, when in, Je, in, jo, in John, yeah, Acts chapter 3, the guy by the, that was lame, he says, See, our God, we have no such as we have given to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. The people started exclaiming, What? What? Look at what these guys have done. He said something very powerful, I think in verse 9. He said, Was it by our, our, by our own holiness or strength have we made this man healed? No, sir. Remember that sermon I taught you guys. You are free and forgiven. Which one is easier? Jesus says, to say this person come up and work or your sins are forgiven. The first thing in this kingdom is that your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When you have that as the first template, then the kingdom of heaven becomes something you boast in. Because you see, this is what has killed people's seed to become a sequoia. This kingdom is the kingdom of righteousness. The life of God, the life of the eternal, life as God has it. Glory to God. Now then, what is your role? Number one. I'm going to give you three things under that number one. Number one is tell it to the world that we are the righteousness of God. <laughs> tell it to the world. Shout it to the rooftop. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My sins are forgiven. My debt has been paid. If any man be in Christ, is a new creation. Behold, all things are passed away. All things have become new. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it's no longer high who live. Pardon me, but I live in Christ. Nevertheless, it's no longer high who live. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Loved me, gave himself for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Tell it to the world. That's the first thing first. I love the way it is put in Romans chapter 8 verse 1, the TPT version. We're talking about the first thing. Tell it that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And recruit other righteous brothers. You know what I mean by recruiting them? Getting them saved. That's the first responsibility for us. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 1. It says, so now, case closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation. Where them they? Where them they? Jesus knelt down was writing. The person that wrote the law, they came to him with the law. He was writing out again. The same finger of God that wrote the law <laughs> to Moses was writing. Writing the same law that I gave you. You came to present to me the law that I wrote for you. After I was done writing it, he looked at them and said, which one of you don't have a sin? Let him be the first to cast stone. They looked at him, they walked away. He looked at her and said, where are thy accusers? You see what Christ came to do? The first thing he came to do was to condemn the voice of accusation, which is the devil. 
and that voice of accusation is not somebody accusing you. It's thoughts. That's what the Bible says. You cast down every high thing that exalts itself. It's thoughts that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. You are going to work this day and you're thinking to yourself that I don't think my, my salary is going to be increased. I don't think I'm going to be promoted. I don't think this year is going to span out to me. That's an accuser. That's an accuser. That's an accuser. That's an accuser. Are you hear what I'm saying? What you say, in other words, is I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, God is seeing me the way he's seen Jesus. If you leave Jesus, he can't, then he's going to leave me, but he cannot leave him. He's seated at his right side. That's why we are seated in him. Not beside him. In him. Glory to God. You know what Jesus is doing for us? He's daily making intercession for the saints. We do not have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That's why he came to the earth. So even Jesus on the earth is telling God that that hurts and I whoa. So we go, we go cool down for the go. <laughs> that hurts. No be small. Accuser, let no man condemn you. For you be on your body. That man there is not somebody at work condemning you. Sometimes that man there is the failure of the past. Are you hear what I'm saying? That man there is the unbreaking. That man there is just thoughts, patterns. Righteousness of God first. It's a case closed. It said, voice of accusation against those who are joined in life union with Christ, the anointed one. Go to verse 2. I love the way verse 2 puts it. Quickly, please. It says, for the law of the spirit of flowing, of life, flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. I'm liberated. I'm free. So number one, I said to you, tell it to the world. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. TPT version. Romans 3, 24. Tell it to the world. Glory to God. Let's read this together. Everybody, one, two, ready, go. Gift of love and favor now cascades over us. From what? From guilt. From punishment. Listen, there are people under the sound of my voice, they are not battling with sin, but they are battling with guilt. When the Bible says, himself took our infirmities and bore our diseases, it's not only the sick, the diseases of physical body, they are diseases of the soul. Guilt is one of those diseases of the soul. Are you following what I'm saying? Look at what Jesus said. The Bible says, he said, he himself bore it. In other words, he himself took it upon himself. I'm free. Glory to God. Somebody shouted, I'm free. free. Hallelujah. Are you in this kingdom of God? Are you in this kingdom of heaven? So the first thing I said to you, tell it. Number two, how do we, which, where do we, which areas do we tell it? Number one, you tell it in righteousness. Number two, you tell it in peace. The Bible puts it this way in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 15. It calls it the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. It says, stand on your feet and having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Luke 19 and verse 41. Jesus was speaking to Jerusalem. Luke 19 and verse 41. It says, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. Next verse. Look at what it says. Therefore, it says, saying, if you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, that now they are eating from your eyes. If you had known the things that are made for your peace. Let me say it to you here. You are the one that has been made known for people's peace. You are the one. So you go and preach the gospel of peace. That God, you know, peace is not the absence of chaos. Peace is the power to control in the presence of chaos. Are you hear what I'm saying? Peace is not the absence of chaos. Peace is the power to have control in the presence of chaos. The gospel of peace. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus said in the book of John chapter 14 and verse 26, he says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world give it, so do I. I give you my peace. It's that same peace that you have. The Bible puts it this way. The peace of God that passeth all human understanding. This is the gospel that we are talking about. The gospel of peace. Praise the name of the Lord. Listen to me, everyone. I hope you understand this. That if I have... You know how our wives and women cook in the kitchen? They have the first right to eat 
because they say that now where you they chop, I be here they now where you they walk, now there you they chop. So you can be frying the plantain and frying the meat, and they are eating the beef first. You, you are in the sitting room waiting for Nigeria to win, and they are just there seated down, and you are there eating the thing. Why? Because you have the one that is making it. You are enjoying the benefit of it first, and then you are giving it to it. In other words, when you get born again, you are enjoying the benefit of these things first. That's why you can now share the good news to other people to experience the same thing you have once experienced. That's why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. There is no way you will taste this God, and you will not tell it to the world. Only if you are playing religion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you look back into your archives of your life and you see how you brought you out from the Marie Clay where everybody said there was no hope. Even you yourself, you knew that there was no hope. But yet, till today you are still standing, Sama. Till today you are still standing. Everybody thought you were finished. Everybody thought there was nothing coming out of you. Guess what? There are somebody, some of you under the sound of my voice. By the time they were about to give it to you, the doctor rendered you dead. Yet you came out. The projection of the economy has forecasted the fact that in the next 10 years, nothing good will come out of your life. Watch what is going to come out in 10 years out of your life. It's the gospel of peace. The power to control. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I have peace. Oh, shout it, 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 shout it. The last one, I love it. Joy. Joy. He says, I bring great joy to my city. Acts 8 verse 8. I bring great joy. Acts 8 8. He <laughs> says, and there was what? Great joy in that city. Everywhere we go to, this great supernatural army, we bring great joy to our city. Hallelujah. 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 That's why we don't have burial ground services in the new. Hallelujah. In the presence of the Lord, scripture says, there is what? What did the Lord say? In the presence of the Lord, there is what? It means everywhere God is, there is fullness. There is joy. There is liberty. There is, are you hearing what I'm saying? In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. 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 So when we go out, we tell people joy, they yell. We are not talking about happiness that is based on external happenings. We are talking about the fruit of the Spirit on our inside. Are you hear what I'm saying? This one is not moved by the waves of the storm. It's consistently constant. Glory to God. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. This is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of joy. That's why we have praise worship in service. When we are dancing... We are experiencing what is going on in heaven. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, contrary to what you think, there is no dull moment there. Hey, every sinner, there is party going on for them. Over there. Do you know what you are going to be doing when you get there? Don't think it's just, hallelujah, we go dance anyhow. Ah, why would you create something you don't want us to use? We will dance. You will see dance. You think you've seen dance on the earth? You will see angel. Hey. I, I did, it's not in the Bible. I'm just explaining it to you before the same angels done. Are you following what I'm saying? I love the way the Bible puts it about Jesus. And the Bible says, and Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. Agalio. It means to spin, to move. Jesus rejoiced. Somebody rejoice. All right, let me close this up. My time is up. So the first thing is tell it. Yes or yes? Number two, solve it. Remember the book of Daniel chapter 2. Solve it. Daniel chapter 2 verse 13. Look at what happened. The king said, I want somebody who's going to tell me the dream and the interpretation of the dream. The Bible says they started to kill the wise men. And when it got to the turn of the Hebrew boys, they said to them, no, please don't kill us. Just give us some time. Give us some time. Just give us some time. We are going to solve this thing. Just give us some time. They went to God in prayer and started to speak to the Lord. And God supernaturally gave them a supernatural intelligence. So the kingdom of heaven is not only for you to tell it, it's also for you to tell it, for you to solve it. The problem many times with the previous generation is that we keep talking about what God can do without any solution of what he can do and what he's doing. 
Are you following what I'm saying? So you don't only tell it, you also solve the equations. Solve equations for disturbing situations in your finances, in your business, in the society. Create by the intelligence of the Spirit innovative solutions that change the earth. Tell it. I hear God say right now that there is this, His hand is coming upon somebody under the sound of my voice now. Your creativity just moved to another level. My God, pray for me. I measure a thousand cubits more for you right now. I'm a Ramakopa area sombretalia cobaruatelada. Veranteka a paria la mocoparaziza. Jalemacre palica rateino mocoparuale. La macaparia la moto. Your creativity goes to a whole new level right now. That's the hand of the Lord. Please be seated. Solve it. Final thing, number three, model it. Model it. That's what Jesus came to do on the earth. He came to model possibilities for his disciples. Model it. Glory to God. Model it. Will you do that? Hallelujah. What are the three things? Number one? All right, can you hear you? Number one? Number two? Number three? Number one? Number two? Number three? Top five people around you and tell them the same thing. Let me just close to this. There are courts of this kingdom the same way they are codes as a Yoruba person, an Igbo person, or a Wusa person. If you go to your father's house and say, hey, pops. <laughs> you know what's going to land now. The code of some culture is to do what? Even if you are 70, they will still expect you to. The codes. In the same way there are codes in this same kingdom. Those codes ensures, listen, those codes backs and makes priority. Let me put it this way. Those codes ensures that when activated and when you give yourself to them, it compels the hand of God to see the manifestation in your life. And one of the quotes, listen to what I'm about to say to you now, in this kingdom is what Jesus first and foremost projected, which was humility. I hope you are aware that's the first thing Jesus projected to us. The Bible puts it this way, he says, he taught it not robbery to be like God. He took on human form Son of God, the creator of the earth, the member of the Godhead, the word himself, took up human form and came to the earth. That's what the Bible then says, and God highly exalted him and gave him a name above every other name by humility. The Bible puts it this way in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Hebrews 12, 28. Media, please quickly. Hebrews 12, 28. Are you having an issue there? It says, therefore, since we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably and reverence and godly fear. Godly fear. This was what Jesus did. That sense of humility, even to the point of death, it was humbled by that. You hear what I'm about to say to you? You want to see yourself rise in this kingdom? Humility is the key to start with. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Humility. Humility. The humility of a heart. This is why in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 15 and verse 1, I want to show you something very quickly there, and I'm going to close with that. Mark 15 and verse 1. 
quickly give it to me. It says, immediately in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the old council, and they bound Jesus, led him away, and delivered him to Pilate. Next verse. Verse 2. And then Pilate asked him, look at this, oh, are you the son, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered and said to him, is it as you say? In other words, he was accepting who he was. Humility is not you accepting, it's not when you don't accept who you are. Are you hear what I'm saying? I can see that there's something about your life. Say, I oh, know there's nothing about my life, but that's not humility. Oh. They say, are you the king of the Jews? He accepted it. But look at what happened next. Then Pilate asked him, go back, go, verse 3. And then Jesus, and then the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. In other words, when they now started to accuse him, and they were asking him about the sense of accusation, he said nothing about it. They asked him, who, who are you? He answered them who he was. When they started to accuse him about who he is and what he did, he said nothing about that one. When it was about time of accusation, he said nothing. Listen to the high point of humility. The Bible puts it this way. When Jesus was speaking, they looked at him and said, what manner of wisdom speaks like this? Who speaks like this? In other words, if Jesus stood before Pilate and answered that question, he would have convinced Pilate that what they said against him was not what he said against him and it was, they were not correct about what they had said against him. What would have happened? The abortion of the process of Jesus going to the cross would have happened. In other words, they would look at Jesus and say, this guy didn't do what he has done because of the power of convincing. They would have looked at him and said, no, Jesus did not do this thing. No. Pilate would have made that decision by himself. This guy did not do this thing. And what would have happened? He wouldn't have gone to the cross. In other words, Jesus, even in the shame, in order to fulfill God's plans and purpose for our life, he was willing to take what people said, what people were saying, humble himself in at the point of that and was able to fulfill divine assignment. Humility is also being silent when you need to be silent. Are you hear what I'm saying there? That's very critical. Humility is where whatever you need to do to fulfill God's plans for your life, you are willing to do it. Even though it means to suffer in the process, you are willing to do it. That's humility. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Were you blessed? Thank you, Lord. Let's rise on our feet. I just want us to pray for one minute and ask God for grace. Thank you, Lord. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in his presence.